But here's the thing. When I say that's how we roll, you have to say we roll like this. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we roll! We roll like this. We roll like this. (laughs) That's how we roll! You guys are giving it nothing. We roll roll like like this. this. Okay, we're gonna have to do that again because that that was that was pitiful. You have to say it fast, <laughs> like in the song. That's how we roll. We roll, we like, roll this. like this. That's how we roll. We roll like this. We roll like this. Okay, yeah, that was pretty good. That was alright. So that's how we roll. Uh, um, we uh, like to, we like um, yeah, roll like this. <laughs> um, hello. This hello. is a podcast. Hello. Would you all agree with that statement? Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. So follow up statement. Say what you think it's called and what you think it's about, and then I'll say if I agree. Okay, tell me if you roll with this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would say, I would argue that this podcast is called Is It Whack? Yeah. Okay. I could roll, roll with that. We're, we're all in agreement. <laughs> we are, I would uh, say that... Slow yep, roll. Yep, Nara, please. We're, yep. we're starting off to a slow, cautious roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> very, very slow right now. We'll pick up the pace. Um, yes, uh, tell me if you agree with this follow-up statement, Okay. Okay. I would say this is a movie podcast mm. where we talk mm-hmm. about movies. Picking debate their whackness. The okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep, keep the momentum going. Let's go. Uh, we, whackness, you know, doesn't really mean good or bad. It kind of just means whatever it means to us on a given day. Um, so, yep. That's almost full the, speed. Yeah. Yeah. Any we're almost at full speed right now. <laughs> almost no, there. I, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I object with the statement I said. Uh, we're also in the midst of a miniseries called The Whack Pack. This is a miniseries where we're talking about movies in which teams are assembled. And then we're going to pick oh, yeah. one person from each of these movies to create our own team, our own Whack Pack. Would you agree with that? I would. Yes. Okay. And here's the other thing. <laughs> What? Something else? Now, this is, where, this is where this episode gets a little different. The roll, the roll is slowing down slightly. We were not prepared for this info. We got a guest. Whoa. That's debatable. <laughs> oh, oh, whoa. Okay, I mean, the guest is already debating it. Luca's just gonna leave. Luca's just gonna roll away. Who are you? I'm Luca. That's Hi. me. Welcome, Hello. Luca. Great filmmaker, Luca. Thank you. Has been featured in Insomniac Film Festival, our uh, our film festival. Age nine. Great film. Yeah. Great film. Thank you. Great In film. fact, I think the last time we had a long conversation was when Nara and I interviewed you about <laughs> this film last year. Yeah, oh. almost exactly a year ago, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess Whoa. so. Because the festival Probably, would have been yeah. end of July. Yeah. Yeah. So the three of you have met before, but I have only met two of you. Damn. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, no. Oh, no. And here's the other thing. We're going to talk about a film today that's almost as good as Age Nine. <laughs> 
Uh, Luca, would you like to tell us what that film is? Because you brought it in for us today. Yes. That film is Fast Five, directed by Justin Lin. As you can tell from the title, it's the fifth in the iconic Fast and Furious series. That's debatable. (laughs) <laughs> that that is the fifth it, one, it or is that it's a that, I mean, that could be debatable, actually. Timeline-wise, oh, that is the fifth oh, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's true. Oh, timeline-wise, it's the fourth, I think. Wait, Ta- yeah, Ta- yeah, yeah. Tokyo Drift yeah. would come, but also mm. wasn't Los Bandoleros in between? Yes, four there's and five? two. Sh- there's not only oh. the short film I- Los Bandoleros. There's also the short film. Turbocharged Prelude to Too Fast, Too Furious, which came on the DVD of Too Fast, Too Furious. I'm a big fan and have seen neither of these. Matter of I. That one is just music to Paul Walker walking and driving. Hell yeah. Sounds pretty good. I think that might be the best uh, film in the franchise. Los Bandoleros is literally one of the best films in the franchise. This is a weird short film directed by Vin Diesel. That came on the DVD to the fourth one. That's like a prologue that gives it all this like weird socioeconomic context to why they're robbing the truck at the beginning of the fourth one. It's great. It's, it's really good. Like after five ar- and six, I would say it's my next favorite. Fast <laughs> yeah, <Furious>. me too. <laughs> I, I would argue that Car Discussion is the best Fast and Furious movie. Have you seen that's... Car Dis- Discussion? <laughs> no. What is that? Car what, Discussion. What? Car, discussion <laughs> car Discussion is like. There are, we're doing here today. We're talking some <laughs> there are these like short things that the actor who played Han did where he interviewed like some of the cast members of the movies, but they're like Eric Andre style skits. Oh, where it's what? like he ends up like like in each one he like beats them up at some point. Or like <laughs> in one of them he had in one of them he has like a bald cap on and diesel he does like time. a Vin Diesel Diesel time. He does like a diesel impression. They're so good. They're so this. good. They are amazing. I'm literally going to drop Diesel Time in the chat. <laughs> He's already the coolest cast member. Yeah, I know. And then he also have to did do that. that. <laughs> have to do that. Uh, what's everyone here's relationship with uh, this movie and with the Fast and the Furious franchise? Well. Well. So. I feel like Fast and Furious is just on everyone's cultural radar. Never really yeah. watched them because I was like, that's a lot of movies and they seem kind of dumb. But then, you know what? We're in the middle of quarantine. They dumped them all onto Netflix. I was like, this seems like something fun to do. They them all onto Netflix. Yeah, it they, wasn't they, dumb. They very <laughs> carefully placed them present. all onto Netflix just for me. Nobody else's Netflix account has it, just mine. Um, but I was like, you know what? The second one has Devin Aoki in it. I think Devin Aoki's cool. I like the song Tokyo Drift that's in the third one. Maybe I'll I'll give it a chance. I'll see what it's about. And then I watched them all in like a week and they absolutely blew my mind. And I think it might be the best movie franchise ever made. If I had to... Wow. If somebody asked me what movie franchise would you pitch to Nara, specifically around Nara's <laughs> interests, like which one would she actually like, this is what I would do. Yes, because it's beautiful and amazing. They're so, not all of them are so good, but overall, it is at least a like eight out of 10 experience watching all of the films. What an experience. Speaking of (laughs) watching all the films, last year I did a marathon 
uh, that Adam attended where we watched the first seven, which I think is where you should get off for the record. I feel like that's kind of like the end of Fury 7 is the perfect ending to watching this series. Uh, it seems like a controversial opinion already. Um, <laughs> but uh, Fast Five was where I got on initially. Like, Fast Five got really good reviews at the time. I, I thought the movies were done before that. I was in, like, middle school. Everyone was like... And the trailers were like, oh, they're getting all these old characters from the other movies, which is a concept I just like a lot. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch them all. And so it all started for me with Fast Five. Yeah, I feel like Fast Five is when the franchise got a certain... Uh, I feel like people started to come around on it as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see any of these movies until uh, Seb's Fast and Franchise Familia <laughs> Fest. Oh, yeah. Is that what it was called? Vin would love that. Fast and Furious Familia Fest. <laughs> yeah. Vin loves that concept. <laughs> that was a great time, and it was fun seeing it with my Familia yeah. Seb and everyone else who was there. <laughs> Although I think it, I think you and me, Seb, uh, and Claire were the only ones who made it through all of them. Yeah, and Claire took a nap. Yeah. <laughs> through most of four. But you know what? I, I was having a great time through all of them. And then when we got to Fast Five, I was like, oh, shit. This is the best franchise ever. Once we got that, I didn't realize how much I liked all of these characters until I saw them all together in the same place, having a ball. Uh, it's great. Because we had also done, we had done a Mission Impossible marathon a couple years before. And I think both franchises are ones where like, you know, they're based around the set pieces and that's what's so cool about them. Uh, the rest of the movie, yeah, I mean, it, it's give or take, whatever. But it's the 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 set pieces are what I'm here for. Um, but Mission Impossible, I never fall in love with any of the characters in the same way as Fast and Furious, where I'm freaking having a ball with it. I feel such a strong connection, and that Familia thing is 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 great. So that's my uh, intro into it, and I think this is my favorite Fast and Furious movie, Luca. So before quarantine, this was a franchise where I was just like, I even, I think I even said it like a month before quarantine where I was like, if there's one film franchise I'm not going to see in my life, it's probably Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> just because it was like the exact opposite of like stuff I liked. And I was just like, I'll probably just be bored by them. Like it just seems like like muscular, sweaty men in cars a lot. But then Nara convinced me to marathon Hell them yeah. after she had marathoned them. And I think by the time... I think by, like, 30 minutes into Tokyo Drift, I was like, oh, yeah, this is my shit. And then by, but also, also by the fifth movie, I was like, I was surprisingly, like, getting emotionally invested in all these characters <laughs> and Vin Diesel. And then ever, like, since then, I've just been in, in love with these movies. Like, except for one, I've been, I've, like, I think I love all of them except for one. But I, I also agree that this is probably the best franchise Wait, just do you... of the Wait can we all guess which one, one it is? Or yeah, just yeah, one guess of what them. it is. One of them. One of them. Oh, I, I know which one it is. I know which yeah. one it is. Oh, Nara knows. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say eight. Adam, what are you going to say? Well, eight is oh, definitely eight? my... Eight is my least favorite, but uh, judging by how you reacted to Seb saying that he didn't like eight, <laughs> that seven should have been the end of the franchise, which is a statement I agree with. Uh, I would say you don't think it's eight. Is it Tokyo Drift? 
No, no. Oh, God, no. No, but you were no. vibing 30 minutes into Tokyo Drift. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is it four? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, four is pretty bad. Yeah. I think four is just, I think it's the only one that's boring. Yeah. It's just like, it was the only one that I was like having a difficult time getting through. Because like, not to go on four for too long, but like, it has potential because it has the idea of a sad boy Vinny. But it doesn't do anything with it. It's just, it goes nowhere and it's boring. So yeah. But all the other ones I love. I love all the other ones. That's yeah. kind of a reinterpretation of the first one as well. But it just takes itself so seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't have killed Letty. I mean, they yeah. fixed that, I guess. <laughs> That's what they do with all the characters that they kill. They're just like, guess we gotta fix it now because people don't like it. But you're right. They don't go sad boy Vinny. He's like full of rage and like this boring revenge thing. He's mad oh, yeah, boy. that's true. He should be sad boy Vinny. That would be more interesting. He is in, like, uh, Fate, if I remember correctly. Yeah, in Fate, he's pretty sad. Halfway yeah. through. Fate, they, go, they <laughs> jump through so many other hoops and also kill another female character to make him sad. That is it's true. wild. <laughs> Damn. Should we talk anyway. about this movie? Five. Yeah, Five. I just wanted to say something real quick. <clears throat> is it fast? It's not bad. <laughs> like, is it whack, but is it fast? Right. <clears throat> it's not bad. It's fast enough. Yeah, it's pretty fast. Do you think this is the <laughs> fastest movie ever made? The fastest no. movie ever made? No. No, Speed no. Racer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Need for Speed is the fastest movie ever no! made. I have not seen that movie. I've just seen the cast listing, and it looks crazy. It's definitely the fastest title ever made. Or maybe Gone in 60 oh, yeah. Seconds. Oh, Gone that's in 60 a, that's Seconds. That's a great name. That's a what about Speed? Speed is just <laughs> yeah. Speed. Like, that's the concept of... of. But I guess Speed could indicate also slow... You're not saying what could speed. be low speed. Yeah. Just a generic term. Yeah. That's true. And in that movie, uh, if I recall correctly, they're going... They have to go really slow. Isn't that the thing? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. They have to go, like like slower than a turtle like they have to go as slow as humanly possible like so slow that they like de-age <laughs> i have a also a movie that is definitely faster than speed i'm just contradicting my own point i made but <laughs> speed two because that indicates <laughs> even more two. speed than speed <laughs> what about what about premium rush uh, that's, 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 that's slow that's slow because he slows down time yeah when he's like judging by like what accident do but I but into? he is that's what happens in premium, premium rush that sounds lead. awesome it's that about a guy who can control time rush. you haven't seen premium rush <laughs> no <laughs> okay like, you can control time <laughs> this, is, this is no longer is it whack this is our new podcast is it fast or people just tell us things and say whether it's fast or not <laughs> in premium rush he can like he's trying to map out which way to go on his bicycle and uh, he can he sees like hypothetical scenarios in slow mo. One of which he kills a baby. My what? baby. My baby. Just like the only thing I remember from that movie. No, no, no. <laughs> he, like rides full speed into a stroller. <laughs> oh, so you don't know if the baby has actually died? <laughs> sure. No, the baby didn't die. No. Okay. See, no babies were harmed in the making of Premium Rush. Were babies harmed in the making of Fast Five? Probably. Somewhere, <laughs> honestly, they, they crash into a, a lot. Yeah, they bust through yeah. so much. You know how people oh, yeah, do, they like, definitely kill some people. Definitely, I'm like, this is like maybe jumping the gun to the end, but it's like you guys are supposed to be like good because you're not these like corrupt cops. 
but you're just killing so many people, so I don't <laughs> well, understand the moral standpoint of this. They're good in opposition to the cops, but I mean, they're still criminals. Like, yeah, and, I don't, yeah. One of the and I don't think we're ever. Think, yeah, sorry, Seb, you go on. Well, just I think we're gonna the say the middle, same thing. Yeah, of the middle Fast and Furious movies and the early ones, actually, is that they are kind of amoral. And yeah, they, uh, and it's kind of interesting. Like they do just like kill people and like. Finn very yeah. happily throws a guy off a train into a railing at the beginning of this. Oh, That's true. the sound in that was... Oh, ugh, it was such a thud. Ugh, such a thud. <laughs> also, can I just say, maybe I just think that they're, like, taking a moral high ground because at the beginning there's, like, the bus crash where definitely they're, like, breaking oh, yeah. Finn out of jail yeah. playing could have gone so bad and he could have just died. But they <laughs> also make so clear... In the, uh... In the, like all the news reports that come right after that, they say that all the other prisoners were captured. They yeah. say, no, they sh- Oh, really? Yeah, they're Don't like, they? everybody, everyone's accounted for except for Vin, and nobody oh, okay. miraculously was hurt. Yeah, they say no one died, which is oh, great. Yeah. Um, um, but I just think it would be so funny, because the movie could have been so short, and Vin could have just died. <laughs> or maybe it could have been Vin died, and then there was, like, the rest of it was a revenge story. They have to get revenge on themselves for being bad at driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should I do? Uh, yeah. Wait. Can I just say something on that real yeah. quick? Um. There's the there's the 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 very key emotional moment. I'm definitely jumping the gun here, but there's the very key emotional <laughs> moment, like late in the movie, when Vin like doesn't decide to kill. The oh rock. yeah. <laughs> and it's supposed, to, and to me, I'm reading that moment. I'm like, oh, so he's like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't kill. I don't be good. But also, they happily kill so many random people. Yeah. So I don't know, yeah. like in the very next scene too. So I don't understand why at this particular moment there is because they're some, bald uh, buddies. He respects exactly. him as an opponent. Yeah, I guess he sees him as a mirror of himself. I don't know because <laughs> he's bald. That's why. <laughs> he can literally see himself in the mirror of yeah. his head. It's very shiny in this film. Because it's so sweaty. It's so sweaty. Dwayne's sweaty in every it's scene. In. It's so disgusting. I felt uncomfortable looking at it. <laughs> can I do a little summary corner? Can I try to do the whole series very, very quickly? Like up to this point? Up to yeah, this point, up, right? up to five. Okay. Yeah, I can. Yeah. How, how long you do you want a timer? for? I can try and go like one sentence per movie. Wow. Timer? Yeah, good how challenge. Long, how Let's do you want to. Do you want. Instead of a timer, why don't we just count your sentences? How many sentences you go through? Okay, I can try and do like a haiku per movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, sure. just, just. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> if you can do that, that'd be really impressive. Like, just, just off the top of your head, too. <laughs> okay, should I try one sentence? Do it. I dare you. Uh, Brian O'Connor is a federal agent who is assigned to track down a group of DVD uh, stealing car thieves. I can't it's do it in one wrong. sentence. It's already wrong. His name's Spillner in the first one. His name's it's Spillner? O- it's not Spillner. O'Connor. It's Brian Spillner in the first one. Really? Yeah. Is that his yeah. undercover name? I, I think know. it's just his name because they they never like bring it up again. Like after the first movie, they just call him O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I what? never noticed that. Um, okay, just very quickly, I guess not one sentence. Brian O'Connor is assigned to track down these car thieves. He 
or uh, DVD player thieves. And um, he discovers they're part of a street racing subculture and he kind of falls in love with them. Um, he bonds with Dominic Toretto and uh, falls in love with Dom's sister, Mia Toretto. And then uh, in the second movie, he has to take down a drug dealer with his childhood friend, Roman. And they meet uh, a guy called Tej, played by Ludacris, who is not a hacker. And then in Fast and Furious <laughs> Tokyo Drift, nothing of consequence to this movie happens except there's a really cool guy named Han who is in Tokyo and abruptly dies. And uh, in Fast and Furious 4, uh, which is just called Fast and Furious, which is confusing, uh, O'Connor and Toretto meet up again. Um, and O'Connor's somehow still a cop, even though he let Toretto go. And he, uh, they try and take down another drug lord, and uh, Toretto's girlfriend, Letty, dies. And then at the end, Toretto gets taken to prison. And at the beginning of this, they have to break him out. Also, they meet Gal Gadot, who's in the movie doing not much, but being a pretty woman. Yeah, she's a weapons yeah. expert. I don't, like, I don't... Yeah, I was trying to remember when we watched this... When, we wa- when I was re-watching this this morning, what role she had in the one before. She was, like, knew about cars and, like, was flirting with dom and she works for the drug lord right okay yeah, yeah. but, yeah, but she she's undercover the no then she just no, stopped she just working for the drug okay. drug lord at the end <laughs> at the end she like was like i want to take him down too and that's how they like got brought him down at the end because she like gave them a tip okay and then uh fast five opens they're on the run they go to brazil they meet vince who was a minor character in the first movie who would always bully brian not to be and... confused with vin <laughs> Not to be yeah. confused with Vin. <laughs> the um, actor. And you mean Mark they... Sinclair? Mark Sinclair. Oh, right. That's Vin Diesel's <laughs> real name. <laughs> and they run afoul of another drug lord, <laughs> which happens a lot, uh, who kind of runs all of the crime in Rio. And they decide to assemble a team for one last big score, even though they don't typically rob people in the other films. Uh, and then they're going to escape forever. So they reunite the cast of uh, all the other films and uh, try and pull this heist on this guy. Well, they're being tracked by Hobbs, played by Dwayne Johnson, who is a cop who is super set on getting them. Hell yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, Seb. Thank you. Beautiful. Damn. Okay, now do all the Mission Impossible movies. All right, so in the first one... (laughs) The mission? It's impossible. This has been pointed out before, but every Mission Impossible movie, the plot is that Tom Cruise gets betrayed by his own agency, and then turns out there's some, like, weapons dealer who uh, he has to kill, and then then at the end he goes back to the agency, and the next movie they betray him again. Hell yeah. Because he still worked there. Anyway... Fast five. Fast five. Fast five. Fast five. Fast five. Yeah, okay, so good discussion. Um, <laughs> and that's been Is It Whack? Uh, we'll see you good next night, week. Good night, everyone. <laughs> good night. Honestly, I just love this movie so much. Yeah, and it's great. I don't know, Seth, maybe your experience is different, but I don't know. I think it is, like, I don't know why... I love it so much besides like like I guess the characters are good but then at the same time like none of them are like good people that are just so fun to watch 
it's like a hangout movie. It's like one of those movies where you just want to like be part, like you want to be one of the team. And it's like, I don't care about the plot. I don't care about anything you, they do. I just want to see their like dynamic between each other, which makes it such a genius movie. It's also a genius movie for whoever was like, what about we bring together all these characters who don't really have any reason to meet and have nothing in common besides they know two dudes who like cars and they all kind of like cars, it seems like. Um, but then they're just all together and it's magical. And it's great. And I'm so happy. I think I would not stick with this franchise if Fast Five was not as good and as like as fun as it is. I love six, but I do feel like it's kind of the peak. Five? Yeah. Yeah, five is like, I feel like there's almost like this kind of, like all the movies are ridiculous, but they were more realistic pre-five and they get much crazier after five. And I feel like this is the perfect middle ground where there still feels like there's consequence and danger. um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're scared of Dwayne Johnson kind of. Um, and the, the violence feels like it's real and has stakes, but it's still fun and people do crazy things like pull vaults through downtown Rio. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess it's also like, I think, I don't know. Somebody said this on their letter, maybe it was Luca. I don't know. But somebody said this on the Letterboxd review where they liked it because it's like everybody gets sort of like an equal amount of screen time and it seems like all the characters are like equally like important to the story or like of the crew which i think is like which i i don't know i think that's just like really nice way to like form this universe where like technically all the stories are like brian and dom's story like they're all the like the uniting force behind everything but then like bringing in these other characters and it really goes through like fast like the entire fast and furious franchise very obvious theme of like this is a family. Your family's important. <laughs> Take mm-hmm. care of your family. But they, like, do reflect that in their storytelling, which for, like, a kind of, like, dumb, like, um, like, action series, I appreciate. I was respect it? them. Yeah, I mean, this one specifically, mm-hmm. it's, like, perfect team movie screenwriting because as soon as they get everyone together, at that point, Vin is kind of just playing this, like, captain's role or this coach role as we get like a variety of scenes where like everyone else gets to do something that relates specifically to their unique skill. Uh, You know, Tyrese gets to go in and kind of schmooze his way into doing the thing. And it's this kind of funny comedy scene that plays to his strengths as a performer. Uh, Other people get to do other stuff. But if- (laughs) (laughs) Ludacris doesn't get to rap. (laughs) The girl wears a bikini. (laughs) <laughs> hell yeah uh, yeah because, uh, you know but, but i i just like the uh yeah the idea it's like we're gonna assemble all these people they are actually gonna all get a chance to like show their unique uh skills that relate to this job and how they're kind of we're slowly inching towards the uh ultimate goal by uh you know all these little chess pieces that are getting put in place um and as like a a meta thing as well, we do get to see like the strength of each the strength of each of these performers on their own in isolated spaces versus just like the danger that comes when you put like nine people in one room, everyone just swallowing one another. Everyone actually gets like individual moments to do something. Yeah. It's also the introduction of the rock in the series, which 
love him or hate him, he fits so well into these <laughs> movies, I think, especially in this one. Because, like, originally they wanted, like, Tommy Lee Jones for his role, Whoa. which would have been... And, like, it's, oh, really? It's cool. Yeah, it's cool thinking about it, but, like, it would not have worked, I think, at all. I, th- I think The Rock works so well in this movie. Also in the other ones, but mostly in this movie. The Rock I think it's is, a great addition. The Rock gets one of my favorite lines in any of the movies, which is, give me the veggies. <laughs> <laughs> he says that as, a, like, a cool yeah. thing. Yeah, as a cool <laughs> line. He's like, you know I like dessert first, and then somebody says something, oh, yeah. and then he's like, no, give me the veggies. And I'm just like, wow, that's such a cool dude thing to say. Like, And it's played completely straight. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I like the rock in this one and six where he is like separate from the group he kind of has this like uh like fascination and like respect for them but the rock just as a presence like i i never buy him fitting into like a a group because he as a performer has such a like individual alpha male personality (laughs) that like I, I don't think he allows much room for, like, other people on screen even to really, like, shine or get to do their thing. And so I like mm-hmm. that in this movie he's kind of, like, the very driven antagonist who ends up having this respect for them, but he's not, like, buddy-buddy with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. I think it's also, like, I don't know, it comes back to the age-old, um, like, it's weird because if you, like, look at the story arc of it, it's, like, The Rock's character is just, re- like, repeating, like, Brian's arc where he, like, was part of the law <laughs> but then, like, turns yeah, away true. from it because he, like, realizes that can't do everything within the law. Yeah, um, my dad, I haven't even read Les Mis or seen any of the versions or whatever, but my dad talks about that archetype of the Jean Valjean uh is Jean Valjean the one chasing him? No, I think Jean Valjean is the one being chased. I know but nothing about Les Mis, besides some damn, French I sh- musical. I should have looked this up before I said the thing. But there's, um... Just like, say the it. idea of the... care. It's a podcast. Yeah. You just say whatever you want. But the idea of the super-driven, like, uh, pursuer, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think, um, casting Tommy Lee Jones would have been the least creative thing possible because that's just his character in The Fugitive. Like, it's literally the exact mm-hmm. same thing. But... The fact that they did cast like the jacked up version, <laughs> I think is, is great. It's it's the franchise logic, right? It's they it's like they injected nitro into Tommy Lee Jones. That's how you get the rock. Can I just say I think Justin Lin did great things for this franchise, um, but I think he lost something when he got rid of the Nas sequences and the Nas visual effects. Yeah, you gotta get you oh, gotta yeah. get the Nas. Back oh in. yeah, yeah. He's coming Nos back. Nas was an. A- Nos was a, an actual energy drink, right? I remember drinking Nos. Yeah, yeah, Nos yeah. is an energy drink. drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, oh, maybe they stopped doing it because they stopped getting, they stopped doing like the sequences because they stopped getting product placement and they started getting funding from Corona instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when they drink, they when they drink beer in this movie, it's not Corona. I know. I've noticed that. I noticed That's that. Wild. In the... Rewatching it, I noticed that. Because they were drinking Coronas in the earlier ones, weren't they? I know they yeah, definitely did in the later ones. Yeah, yeah, they were. In the first one, definitely, where uh, Brian like comes over and Vin's like, you like Corona? <laughs> right. And then in 7, there's like that long sequence where Kurt Russell's like, oh, I can tell you're a Corona. 
Um, should we talk the team members? I feel like we should. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, but before mm-hmm. we do, while we're talking food, I thought those ribs looked good. Those charred yeah. ribs. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't as bad as, like, they were making it out to be. Like, they are talking like it's unedible when it looks, like, good. Yeah, yeah they look good. No, they look more than fine. They look good. Yeah. I don't like ribs, so, yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I don't eat pork or beef, but I would have eaten those charred ribs. <laughs> I would have eaten that, but just to be polite. (laughs) I actually like when my food's got a little char on it. Me too. Yeah. Thank you, Luca. (laughs) Yeah, thanks to you too, Seb. Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm scared of being impolite just in general, but I would have, it looked fine. I think, I think in terms of if I was eating a meat dish, I would prefer to be a little charred than undercooked. Oh, 100 P. Yeah. You know what? I agree with you, Adam. I like a little charred. You know what? (laughs) Thank you, Nara. I'm glad you come around. You're welcome. How about this? What if we each introduce a team member? Your favorite team member. Sure, but I think we're all going to have our team. Okay, but it's like a draft pick, I guess. Oh, wow. Okay. What are we drafting for? Like, just who we want to hang out with? Uh, Sure, but also introduce the character and say (laughs) what they do. Okay, Luca, you get first overall draft pick in the oh. Fast and Furious draft. Uh, also, I feel like this is kind of, we're taking a walk down Whack Actor Avenue, so let me just sure. uh, stroll mm. the... Oh, taking a stroll down the block. Oh, taking a stroll <laughs> on Whack Actor Avenue. That's the intro? It is now. <laughs> um, I think the obvious choice would just be like, to pick Han, but... I'll give some spotlight to Ted because I think he's underrated in these movies. I also want to bring up that this is going towards the end of the movie, but he says his goal once he gets some money is to start up a garage like where he lives, but he already has that in Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> like he already owns a garage, but he wants, I don't know. I he spent all funny. his money on university classes to become a hacker. The world's greatest <laughs> hacker. No, but he's not, but he says uh, they address it um, I would say very eloquently when he says... I had a life before you knew me, right? Yeah, I had a life before me. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was a hacker before. He was good at tech things before. Wait, we need to... What, you need to see that in the I first movie? It... Like, sometimes you only get a fraction of someone's life when you meet them. You don't need to know everything about them. <laughs> okay, just to just to recap, Tej is, uh, was first introduced in Too Fast, Too Furious and is a yes. man that owns a... who does not like to drive, but owns an auto body shop yeah he's sort of like the mm-hmm. centerpiece of this uh street racing community in miami is i feel like mm-hmm. how we're introduced to him yeah and he's played by Ludacris. and he is not a hacker in too fast too furious i can get past <laughs> it it's just funny <laughs> yeah well i i just feel like when they started writing this movie they're like okay well you can't just have a bunch of these people who are just like drivers who are just good at driving <laughs> it's like that's <laughs> Let's give them all something. I, I mean, we need a hacker. Every movie like this is a hacker. If there's going to be a heist. There's got to be a tech guy. So, yeah, just make it Luda. Yeah, but also the thing is they were like, they brought him on as like the circuits man. Um, yeah. Whatever that means, which I guess is hacker. I don't know what that means, but yeah. You know what? And I am just realizing like it would have been Paul Walker that brought him in, right? Yeah. And then... Mm-hmm. 
he says to Paul Walker, I had a life before. Paul Walker didn't know he's a hacker, so what was he bringing him in for? That's nitpicky. Dude. It doesn't really matter, but it's just it's just funny. What did he think he was bringing him in for then? Yeah, I'm like, why are you bringing in, like... Like, I understand why, because it has to make the franchise work. But I'm like, Paul Walker, you used to work for, like, the government. Do you not know, like, anybody, like, through that, those connects who, like works on surveillance or something like outside of like government <laughs> contracts that you could bring in vin diesel is probably like okay i got the driver i got the weapons and i got the other driver you have to get the hacker you have to get, get the else. actor you have to get everything else paul walker's like we only know people who drive very fast he's like you have to get the hack like, okay <laughs> they also just needed someone to make fun of roman because that's all like that's yeah. all he also does he just makes fun of roman like every other scene he's in or just like making quips at him yeah maybe the most enduring dynamic in the entire franchise it's lasted like four movies and they're still that is true yeah, you guys like their you guys like their quips? Nope. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, but I don't really like it. I appreciate I like the, the like the, Yeah. Sorry, Nara. I was gonna say I appreciate the essence of it where they're like they like make fun of each other, but at the end of the day they're still buds. Yeah. They're yeah. they're like in this friendly competition with each other. They're still friends, they're buddies. They're like, I see you, but I'm gonna make fun of you. I appreciate that. I don't necessarily like the ways they make fun of each other. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, yeah, they have an enduring and, like, very clear dynamic. Uh, I don't like that it's usually very sexist. And I also don't like that it's, like, the two black guys in the group and they're always jawing at one another. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, But I do, I do like that they at least have some clear dynamic that sets them apart from other, you know... Dynamics the group. It's predicated on a lot of what I would describe charitably as workplace sexual harassment of any of the female crew members. Yeah, that's charitable. I would describe it as locker room talk. <laughs> I would describe it as sexist. I'd say John Tucker would fit right in. He would he would talk to the guys like that. I think these people would hate John Tucker. Wow, you've thrown me for a loop. Would they hit? Yeah. Got John Tucker. Uh, I don't like, know. Is John, John Tucker, Tucker would be too man. much? I feel like he's too much of a tryhard for them. I feel like he's like Scott Eastwood in the eighth one. Oh my god, he's the worst. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. I think the only role that John Tucker could play would be like Tyrese Gibson in this film, but he's not nearly as cool. No, like he's, he's like the schmoozer. Yeah. I mean, I don't they know they if Tyrese Gibson's really cool, but... Then he's somebody who's really good at dunking basketballs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, can, I know a guy. So I feel like we've talked Tej. We've talked Roman a little bit, Tyrese. Roman's also from Too Fast, Too Furious, in case mm-hmm. anybody was wondering. There's a shot in this, I don't know if I noticed before, where uh, Dom and Roman meet each other and they give each other this look. Like, <laughs> oh, like, oh, you knew Brian before I knew Brian? <laughs> and I thought it, and like it makes me want it to be something. It feels like it could be like a rivalry or something. I did not see that look, but neither okay. did I. Maybe, Maybe I'll rewatch love... and watch out for it. I love Should that. It's go... like when old friends, like, uh, it's like if I were to see one of like Seb's old friends as well, <laughs> or like another one of Seb's closest friends, I'd be like, who I don't know, who's also bald. Fuck you. <laughs> well, I'm not bald. <laughs> <laughs> who's also bald and who also drives cars? If they if 
Yeah, if I met another one of Seb's close friends who was also uh, Greek and uh, <laughs> had a bowl cut and uh, I'm trying to think of other identifiers. Uh, it's a classic I would hate them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel we, we could talk more Tyrese Gibson. Come on. Sure. We could uh, like, we could be cutting off the Tyrese conversation. <laughs> Sorry. I like, I like how they like introduce him as like, okay, basically there's a sequence in the film where they're like standing on top of this building overlooking Rio and they're like talking about Vince talking about the team that they need for this. And he says, we need somebody who can talk their way out of anything. And then cut to Roman, who I don't know if he can talk his way out of anything or if he just talks too much. (laughs) The one thing that they make him do that's like supposed to be based on him talking, he like fails to do. Yeah. It's part of the trick. You know, he tries to get this evidence into the police locker and then they won't let him in. So they have to use a drone. And I guess... Maybe it doesn't matter if he gets No, but I but no, but I thought that that was like uh he pulled that trick so that the guy would just bring it in and not like think about it and not like cuz if he had uh if he had been more like kind and just been like, "Hey, can you like put this over there?" then the guy would have questioned him more. But to pull this big thing, then the guy's just like, "Fine, I'll just take this, whatever. I'll bring it in." Yeah, I guess so. I thought it would make him more suspicious of what he was trying to get in there because they have an argument over whether he's qualified. He has the credentials to come into the vault or not. The guy's like, you well, can't come into the vault. And he's like, fine. But the guy still <laughs> takes the evidence box that has the drone in it. But wouldn't it make you suspicious of what was in the box if you didn't think this guy was a real federal agent? No, I think I'd just be like fed up with him. and I'd just be like, Americans are dumb, which is probably what he's thinking. <laughs> he's like, oh, the, this American FBI agent here in a like like a non-western co- country comes in thinks he knows what up thinks he has like all this privilege i don't right. want to deal with this i don't care if it's safe or not see if i was him i just wouldn't even put it in the vault yeah that's what what i was saying yeah. but it's fine it you works fine make, in the you guys make compelling points um i also, secede I, I can say that anyway i was just gonna say i'm just surprised that nobody saw the little remote control card on like a security camera driving around the vault yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I like Tyrese. I've had conversations with my friends about this series, and they were like, "He's so annoying," but I don't think he's that annoying. Even though a lot of his jokes can be like not funny, I don't I, I don't like I don't mind his presence. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. I find I find his character just amusing overall, and I like that in real life, he was upset at The Rock for doing the spinoff because that meant it would take more time for him to do another like main line of Fast and Furious movie, which I think is really funny. Oh, he just loves Fast and Furious so much. I think he just wanted the money. I think that's what it was about. No, I like to imagine that he's just so... He loves this cast so much. He just, like, <laughs> loves hanging out with them. Yeah, he's a weird guy. <laughs> but I, like, I guess this isn't in this movie as much, but I like the bit um, that becomes of his character in the later ones, where it's like, he kind of thinks that he's the leader, or oh, likes yeah. to at least assume that he is the leader. And... Uh, just the like male insecurity and male ego thing that comes from that. I, I, I thought that stuff's all pretty compelling actually. And uh, I do agree. Like as a lot of his quips when they're meant to be funny, I never find them funny, <laughs> but viewing it all as like this insecure, uh, this insecure dude. I, I think he's a cool character. I like him. He's one of my favorites in the, uh, in the ensemble. Yeah. I, I like him. I also think in the later ones, he has this valuable thing where he reacts kind of like a normal person would to like the heightened things that they're doing. 
like when they're like jumping out of the plane in the cars he's the one who's going we can't do this like this is like scary and whatever which is you know like that what the audience is thinking like he's going this is ridiculous which i think is important to have one character who's like more grounded yeah yeah Dang. nara who do you want to draft oh i was just gonna so wait Lucas, did you pick Han? Draft. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't we just, like, go in order of when they appear in each movie? Okay. Okay, that would be easier. Yeah, because then we're just on the <laughs> Tokyo Drift and it's Han. <laughs> yeah, but I love, I love drafts. <laughs> we well, we're doing Han, Han now. We could, talk, mm-hmm. we could talk about all of them and then draft. I don't know. <laughs> Let's just talk about Han because he's, yeah. I don't know, maybe some of you disagree, but I think he's just everybody's favorite character yeah, from this franchise. Definitely. He's objectively the best. But he doesn't really get to do much in this one. I mean, he's cool. Uh, And I love him as a presence. And I mean, I love him as a character just because of how cool he is. I don't really know what he brings to the group. Like, that's super distinct, other than being the coolest. He's their chameleon. Did you not hear (laughs) Vince say that before? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Romantic I mean, he does. Yeah. He does bring that to the franchise. (laughs) (laughs) He does bring that romantic subplot. I don't know if uh, that, you know, is the most well-written thing in the world or whatever, but the actors do have a lot of chemistry. And it is like, I think it does work. It's one of the more memorable things. Even even more so in Six. But in this one, I think it's still pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I like Gal Gadot in this too, even though she doesn't really do anything. Mm. She wears a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this all, all this I think goes back to the point that Nara you made uh, at the very beginning that like these characters are just fun, and I just like hanging out with them. And even if they're not even really drawn that well within the movie, the performers are all cool and interesting and seem to be having a good time um and i i'm just i'm just having fun i'm just it's fun movies are supposed to be fun and i'm having fun <laughs> it is so much fun Can I, also like one of the things is like honestly the movie could at like at this point at by five the movie could end at them assembling the team like that sequence when they're assembling the team it could end. I could, like, not watch more and I'm satisfied. Like, that is just so much fun. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy the, the buds are all back together. But you really buy them just hanging out. Like, it's fun to hang out with them and you buy that this is a group of people who have just met but have, like, this thing in common that, like, connects them immediately. And mm-hmm. It's, like, the strongest thing in the movie for me, I think. Yeah. I also think more on Han, I think... Okay, Han's not a moron. Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah, Whoa. Han's a moron. No, back to Han, the topic of Han. I think it's like, obviously he was like in, spoilers if you haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious movie, but Han dies at the end of Tokyo Drift. And then he's back briefly at the beginning of 4. And now he's back for good. But I just think it's, I don't know. I think it makes this like, this thing work better where you get all these characters from all over the globe for this like franchise that also travels all over the globe this like weird multicultural cast 
which could really easily just be like all white people and then like a token person or like it could very easily be like all white people and then just ludicrous and Tyrese Gibson <laughs> like it could very easily just like that could just be the, the like the franchise but then I think it's like cool that they like brought in Han who's like a Korean character and then they have Gal Gadot and then they have um Leon Santos who are from I don't know where but they think, speak uh, Spanish I think the DR right yeah I think yeah yeah because that's where they were in the job in four right mm-hmm. yeah from the also Dominican expanded on in Los Bandoleros I, was gonna I say. have not seen that one. <laughs> Obviously, I'm missing out. But I don't know. I just think it's like... I don't know. I think that maybe also makes it a better, like, hangout film. It's like, these people are all fun and they all have a natural dynamic. But it's also, is like, representative of what an actual, like, community of people looks like. Definitely. So, I don't know. But yeah. And it was, it was diverse. I hate to even say this, but before it was kind of a trend in Hollywood, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like this... People were talking about it even at the time. It's like, it's the only franchise that looked like that. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of oh, franchises are Matrix. still playing catch-up. Yeah, The Matrix. The second and third Matrix movie. Yeah. But it's even like, yeah, so many franchises are still... Like, it's... You even see that, like, with, I guess, the biggest, like, assembling the team franchise, like, Avengers or, like, any Marvel movie. It's like, the diversity seems so much more forced... Mm-hmm. yeah then it doesn't this and it um, also seems like they're like backpedaling to try and catch up they're like yeah oh yeah. shit like for our first 20 movies we cast in only white people <laughs> uh what do we do now but this yeah it, it it never felt tokenistic because it did feel like they were just doing this from the start and it was yeah. always meaningful inclusion none of these characters were like tokenistic yeah from the very first movie mm-hmm can I do a brief history of Han? Super quick. Do a brief history of Han. <laughs> Han, who is like the fan favorite, but honestly mm-hmm. doesn't do much besides just like being cool. <laughs> but I he think, is so cool. He's I think so maybe cool. I understand why they brought in the romantic subplot with Gal Gadot because he was just like so cool that they needed to like kind of give him a weakness maybe or like give him like a vulnerability in some way where he like cares about Gal Gadot a lot and like maybe like because also like um Roman and Tej like kind of try to come on to her but they end up looking like idiots but then this guy who's just like hanging in the background who you may think is like I don't know he's just like is in the background like unoffensive and then he ends up getting the pretty girl yeah and I think it's pretty rare that a, an Asian man is portrayed like that right yeah. as like yeah. like the cool like uh romantic character yeah um but very briefly on Han, I, I think the Giselle thing, um, sorry, I, I know I'm talking a lot, um, adds this kind of air of uh, tragedy that gives context to him dying. Yeah. Um, and it's like, this now it's like a sad thing because he has someone he cares about. And now it's not this abstract thing that he's going to die, which I want to explain because it's very confusing. <laughs> um, spoilers for all the movies. Um, but Han was a character in the movie Better Luck Tomorrow, which is Justin Lin's first film. Oh, yeah. And he's supposed to. Yeah. I don't know if it's literally like supposed to be canon or whatever, but his name is Han and he drives a cool car and it's the same actor, Sun Kang. Um, and then when Justin Lin made Tokyo Drift, he kind of migrated Han into that universe. Um, and he's kind of the highlight of that movie, even though he's not uh, the main character. Uh, and then he dies in that movie kind of randomly. 
And then he's in the fourth one, and and um, in the fourth one, I'm pretty sure he says something like, "Oh, I'm going to Tokyo now," and we're like, "Oh, that's kind of cute. It was like a little prequel." And then now we went to Tokyo and died. And then in five, he's there again, and at the end, Giselle's like, "Weren't you going to Tokyo?" And he's like, "Nah." We're like, "Okay." <laughs> and then at the end of six, uh, again, big spoiler: Giselle dies. Longest runway ever. <laughs> Yeah, on the longest runway ever. And they had plans to go to Tokyo, and then Han's like, oh, I'm going to go to Tokyo now, and he dies, and it sets up a revenge plot for number seven. I think it's really, really well handled. Like, in terms of, like, what they were handed with Tokyo Drift as a way to keep him around and close the circle. And then now he's back again, which I don't know how (laughs) I feel. Yeah, we'll see how that works. He's a robot. Like, Letty is dead. (laughs) Oh, that would be awesome. (laughs) <laughs> maybe there's some like weird dead people like it was like witness protection kind of thing because letty was dead but then she's back and then it seems like from the fast nine trailer that she brings han back yeah well here's okay i'll stop talking so much but the letty thing works to me because letty is one of the best characters in the franchise and was not kept around for long enough and was killed off screen yeah and and killing yeah. her was a, a narrative mistake in in my opinion Han was killed by getting hit by a car and then exploding on screen. Which we see multiple times. In we see multiple movies. times from different angles. And is shown to be intentional when we initially thought it was a car accident. By like a supervillain. Um, and they narratively made it work with all that yeah. like slick writing in 5 and 6. Um, so to bring him back it reaches Marvel levels of death having no consequence for me. <laughs> Uh, which That's is fine. It's just you take oh, that slur out of here. Sorry, <laughs> which part? <laughs> Death. <laughs> Sorry. Well, they're also bringing back uh, Brian O'Connor's wife, which means that something must have happened to Brian O'Connor off screen between movies. Do you want to? Because ex- do you want to like, explain how they handle Brian and and Paul Walker's death and stuff? Um, it's handled well. well. It's hand- it is yeah. handled well. That's the best part of that movie, at least for me. Yeah, like, I agree. Wasn't it like, didn't they finish every scene except the last one, like, to film? No. There's a no, couple there things where you can tell. They, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like, partway through filming, he got in the really tragic uh, car accident, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was a car accident. Uh, so, then, so then they had to rewrite the ending and everything. And I think the way they rewrote it is that he has another child with his wife and then he officially retires because everyone in these movies are always saying they're going to retire, but they don't and they always get back into it. But like for him, he's like, he's gone, gone, like he's retired. And then Vinny and him have one last race at the end of Fast 7 and it's really beautiful and it made me cry. So like after that point, it's like him and his wife and his children are like living together and they're not doing anything like crazy. So the fact that his wife returns in the next one means that something must have happened to him because why else would she be back like why would she leave that life yeah i didn't even know she was coming back but that definitely concerns me because i love at the end of seven that they don't they don't kill the character exactly he he retires he's got the one last race with uh with dom and then he goes off into the sunset to presumably lead a happy life it's beautiful it's like uh yeah, I don't know. That that's I mean, that's news to me, Luca. You're dropping some major <laughs> but, bombs on me that make me very worried. Yeah, Nobody hasn't worried. seen any trailers, obviously. Yeah, I don't really watch trailers. 
My defense of this, though, is that I think Mia as a character is kind of boring because she's always been tied to Brian and Dom and whatever the story needs her to do for them. That's so true. I don't mm-hmm. feel like him retiring necessarily means she has to leave the movies, which she has for the past few. I don't think her coming back, you know, like she as a character independently could decide to come back. That's true. I hope I hope that's what it is. Yeah, me yeah, too. me too. I think also, yeah, Mia Toretto, who is Brian's wife and Dom's sister, has like a weird position in this film because she's like, a point of tension for the beginning first because in the first movie there was like a weird feud between brian and vince who's freshly back in this over her even though vince seemed like an awful person um and but then her entire like function is to be like the point person like at headquarters and also to have a baby (laughs) (laughs) pretty much the movies aren't super kind to me we're gonna, yeah. I feel like we should move on to Mia if we want. If you have anything else, but I just want to say on the Han thing real quick that I just love the idea that uh, Tokyo Drift, which came out in two thousand and three <laughs> and looks very two thousand and three, actually is like years in the future, which I guess like, implies like that that Tokyo that we saw is like twenty years behind the rest of the world. <laughs> uh, it's, it's 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 great. That's what is actually a sci-fi so franchise. <laughs> it, it pretty I mean, much is at this point after Hobbs and Shaw like with Idris Elba's character <laughs> I don't know oh, yeah. it is yeah well you know Japan it's uh, famously not really keeps up with technology too much or it's kind of like a backwater <laughs> sort of bird it actually makes it makes more sense to me that they were having some sort of retro trend in Japan in 2015 where everyone is like oh, yeah, into it being 2005 <laughs> Oh, was it 2005? I think so. Yeah, it was 2000. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I think Too Fast is uh, 20, 2003. Huh. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I like that they me... dropped the uh, Furious from the title of this one. By the way, yeah. You know what I think happened? Yeah. I think I think Justin Timberlake went in and he said, "Drop the Furious. <laughs> it's cleaner." <laughs> It's not cool to have two guys driving. You know what's cool? <laughs> Five people drive. This is our Furious. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay. There is Xavier uh, yeah, coming yeah. up today. <laughs> Mia. If you'd have thought of dragging a safe through the streets of Rio, you would have dragged a safe through the streets of Rio. <laughs> There's so many quotables in the social network. That's a, There's... that's a great screenplay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, great movie. Is right. it whack? I have to stop. <laughs> Damn. I was trying to think of more. Is it, is it fast? Is it fast? Is it no. fast? No, it's Facebook, not Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> They talk pretty fast, though. They do talk very fast. Mm-hmm. Internet fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, they grow. <laughs> the website grows very fast. Yeah. And Army is it Hammer fast? Is Arguably. Arguably. <laughs> I'm 6'1", 180 pounds, and there's five of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should I stop? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should stop. Okay.
Are we going to talk about Mia? I don't know if there's much to talk about for Mia besides she's, like, pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of her whole thing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. I mean, she does, uh, you know, she is a part of the, uh, she's a pretty core part of actually completing the heist by being yeah. the uh, the eye in the sky person. The person in the ear. What do they call it in those movies? There's, a, there's an expression. In Spider-Man, he says, I want to be the guy in the chair. And the new Spider-Man, his friend, is like... That's cool. But I feel like there's a better name. Yeah. So she has mm-hmm. a pretty clearly drawn role within the actual heist, which is, you know, it's good. Well, I just, like, thought, because in the first one, she doesn't really get to... Okay, basically, she's not really in any of them that much again until this one. Like, Fast Five is when she gets a big part again, and, like kind of at the end of um, Fast and Furious. Um, but I just thought, like, because she never really gets a chance to drive, but then they do the really cool jailbreak, and she's, like, one of the main drivers in that. It'd be cool to see her, mm. like, driving some cars, but no. <laughs> There's not much to Mia, like 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 we said. Like, I don't know. She's bar- she, she's only, like, like, her only thing in the first one is just that she's the midpoint between Brian O'Connor and Vince. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, it's in this one, even though Vince is in it, in this one, again, it's just like, it's just the whole pregnancy subplot and the fact that Brian has a baby now. And she's not really used much outside of that. So mm-hmm. there's not much there. I do like when she reveals the pregnancy to the whole team and everyone is just so happy. Oh, it's yeah. It's a nice moment of camaraderie. Yeah, that is a nice. But yeah, like, it's not beat. really like a character choice or anything. But I just like seeing the group uh, come together. Mm-hmm. Should we talk, uh, can we talk Vince briefly? Vince, yeah. Vince? Yeah. I think yeah. the use has... of, of Vince is beautiful in this movie. He has ugly tattoos. <laughs> he's just ugly in general. I think he's just ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but but Vince you is like what? this... Wait, no, Nara, go ahead. I was just saying, you know what? what? Maybe Vince would be less ugly if he didn't have such a bad personality. Well, that's the thing. It would help. It would help. He's like this one-dimensional bully character in the first one. Yeah. He's never mentioned yeah. again for like ten years. Even though he almost gets yeah. his arm like torn off for yeah. Vin. Does he? Like in the first one, he's getting shot at and he's getting dragged along the highway yeah. on the side of a truck. Oh, he's like right, tangled up right. in the wire. But yeah, he's supposed to be like this important part of the family or whatever. He's not mentioned for ten years, and then. Um, he shows up again in this movie, which really surprised me when I was watching it the first time. And then um, he has this, like, he also kind of sells them out, and there's this resentment from the events of the first movie. And then he has this, like, great redemption moment that I think uh, was cool. And I was like, oh, you made me care about Vince? And it also gets around, like, uh, having to kill one of the team members to have, like, stakes. It's like it cares. Mm-hmm. It kills a character that the movie still dedicates time to, and that I was sad to see go, and establishes like stakes and danger, uh, without getting rid of one of the characters that we really like. <laughs> that was smart. Yeah. It's yeah, and then even after he does redeem himself and be part of the group, I like that there's still this kind of uh, oh, but you know maybe he's gonna betray them again. Maybe something's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, I thought he and was. And when like. Yeah, when like uh, The Rock and 
that whole team like busted back in and and there's a moment where like vin looks out at uh vince and it's almost like to me at least he's like contemplating for a second like oh did he rat us out again yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i don't think he actually thinks that that happened i was just saying you know something it's like you know i was just singing in the mood Feel free to interrupt me at any time. Uh, you know, can't even really hear you. Come, <laughs> yeah, I thought <laughs> that. I thought that because I, I was just confused the first time when he shows up out of nowhere and it's like, oh, they've been tracking you, and he knows like when they're gonna try and get her. So then when Dwayne does end up bursting through the wall, I was like, oh, it's because of Vince. Like he just did yeah. it again. But I was surprised that he didn't, and I do like his arc in this movie, even though they just kill him off. I think it is handled well. I think he feels genuinely bad that he ratted them out at the start. Yeah. And you buy all that. Even if that okay. transformation happened on off screen, you're like, I buy that by the time we see him again, he he, he really regrets it. Sorry, mm-hmm. Nara. Well, I was also going to say, like, I think if he just... Like, I think also, like, part of the reason why his character, like, also you care more besides him just, like... um like, coming around and, like, having this, like, character arc where he's no longer just a bully is, I think, like, obviously throughout this entire movie that you can tell he still has a soft spot for Mia and a lot Mm -hmm. of that is, like, motivated by his, like, Mm -hmm. affection for Mia. But the fact that he also is, especially at the beginning, you can see he's being, like, civil and, like, friendly with Brian, who he had, like, the main issue with in the past and was, like, the main tension point between, or, like, Brian was the main, like, divider between dom and vince like seeing that like that he can like come around to like him as well like gives him a lot more i don't not humanity but makes him like a lot more favorable to the like audience i i think he he reads to me like someone who's like grown up and is trying to uh atone for how terrible he was when he was young Mm -hmm. Mm. um and he still has that resentment of like brian turned out to be a cop and i was like right about that but i think he is someone who's conflicted about Oh, how he was, which is, you know, heavy for this kind of movie, I think. Yeah. And feels realistic among all the cars and stuff. Yeah. Among all the cars? All the, <laughs> I mean, all the <laughs> outlandish car stuff. Like that weird Mad Max I car love- they have at the train chase. Oh my god, I love that car. Oh. <laughs> the way they steal the cars where they, like, <laughs> saw a hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so sick. I just love that there's a franchise that's doing big car stunts. Yeah. Yeah. Is that in like, there's no other big franchise, uh, these big American franchises doing something like that. And I, I think when Lynn left, it got more CG-ish. But like in mm. five and six, mm-hmm. the car stuff is like fantastic. Like he has the yeah. money to actually be like blowing up yeah. real cars and stuff. It looks great. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think I think after Lynn left, it did get a lot more of those sort of like super like they got more like superhero movie sensibilities. Yeah. Instead of whereas yeah, this definitely. is like these ones are more like action movies, like action dramas almost, like action movies, but then just that just happened to center around cars. Where like it does still have the like intense like cinematic like moment or like intense like emotional moments, but then it just has like a lot of fun stunts. Um, and it's like the stunts sort of seem like I guess like you do get the sense that it's like the characters come first and the story for the characters and the character development comes first in these films and then the like 
the stunts sort of like come after or or like a fun side effect of that of mm-hmm. these characters and then like with the ones later it seems like it's they're more of a vehicle just for these like extraordinary stunts for people to watch and then the actual like character development and character arcs come after or like are like secondary to like the like spectacular nature of it all which i think is like similar to like how a lot of superhero movies are treated now where it's like they no longer are using like the idea of a superhero is like an interesting metaphor for like um real world issues or like using that idea of like being othered in like interesting like emotional ways they're just like this is a cool character that can do cool things let's just make it look cool and be about the cool things that they can do and like not focus as much on the like emotional stuff or like the emotional stuff seems really forced in that in those yeah i I totally agree but i just also think that the action in this is way better than the action in the later movies because it does have this sense of weight to like seeing or, or six six as well to seeing like a car get run over by a tank or whatever or or this like i don't know what they did but it looks like they really pulled something through the street and i don't know how heavy it was or whatever but it looks like it's smashing through stuff it was um what they did was they literally it was just like a car like underneath that vault thing oh like, wow so it was oh. just an actual like vehicle so they didn't actually <laughs> drag something along then although there are That's like awesome. some cg shots but i mean I like also... physically that thing was there and you yeah, can see yeah, it crashing yeah. through stuff which looks better, I think, than uh, yeah. at least the CGI that you notice. I know a lot of the best mm-hmm. CGI you don't notice, but uh, you can tell it's physically there. I think. I think also, like, these movies in opposition to superhero movies, just going off your point, Nara, for me, like, it also just very much feels like we're actually in a place. Like, I don't know how much they're using cgi to enhance these action scenes i'm sure they're happening but uh yeah it just feels like we're actually like situated somewhere and we're engaged they're engaging with real environments and they're engaging with like i mean that's very much a part of this movie like how rio de janeiro it is um yeah and most of those marvel superhero movies it's just kind of like in some nether some vague like location that is created like largely with cgi and you can do great stuff like that i mean my favorite movie is speed racer which takes that to the extreme um before any of these marvel movies uh did a much much worse job um but yeah like i i I think that it makes all the action in these movies feel so much more organic even if like they do enhance it with cgi it's like we feel like we're somewhere yeah are you saying that it feels like you're really in brazil (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like we're there you know it really feels like rio de janeiro is like a character (laughs) rio de janeiro is a character you know the how many members of the team are there i can't i'm not gonna count it there's not five this is a 12 thing (laughs) i remember when the trailer i i can't remember a bunch of my friends and i were at a movie and there was the trailer and they're like there's way more than five of them and they were like mad about that. <laughs> it is like kind of. I guess when you call seven? it fast five, it... I think so. Uh, Brian, I'm just trying to count. Yeah. Mia, uh, Giselle, Han, Roman, Tej, Leo, Santos. I got nine. Nine. Oh yeah. 
And then Vince. Is Vince an honorary member? Vince is debatable. Hobbs and Elena are debatable. Not They're really. not part of the, the team, though. Right. Vince does help the team. Right. I don't know. Well, Elena we... kind of becomes a part of the team at the very, very end. Well, both her and Hobbs Presumably. are there. Yeah. For the yeah, I guess Hobbs is the team. Should we no, but like, because uh, her and Vin are, uh, they're dating at the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. They're together. <laughs> they're a team. Should we should we talk about Giselle? Or did we talk about Giselle? We didn't really talk about Giselle. Giselle, again, has the misfortune of being a female character in the series that is not Letty, <laughs> so she doesn't really get a character. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't blame her for not talking about these movies outside of them. Like 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 she never talks about these movies in interviews or anything. Oh really? Which, like I don't blame her, I guess. Like she says she doesn't want to talk about them. Like she just never brings them up in any interviews. Mm. Like even like when discussing like her like career, like her acting career, she never brings them up. Huh. Damn. I do uh yeah. I mean I said this before, but I do think she's cool, though. Like, I know she doesn't do anything. Yeah. But in the same way as Han for me, I'm like, I just like having them around. They're just cool. Well, yeah. I like that dynamic that they, that, like, the one thing that Giselle does do that's cool is where she's kind of like, it seems like she's humoring them all. And she's like, I know I can do all of this. You guys are wasting your time because she is like, when they set up the racetrack, she's the one that gets closest to, like, making it through. Right. Mm-hmm. Which again is just such a weird plot point when they're like, do this racetrack and they're like, oh, what? Let's just steal some police cars, actually. <laughs> I, I kind of think it's cool. I, I think that's like uh, an actual thing that happens when you're working on a big project. Sometimes you're like, oh, we're just looking at this completely the wrong way. And we can that just. That is true. And, uh, and also, it's just an awesome cut when he goes, like, you know, we, what if we had invisible cars or whatever the line is? Yeah. And then it's, you know, Vin's got his, like, oh, well, we do. <laughs> and then, boom, they're stealing the police cars. That's awesome. Also, can I, I also think this franchise went downhill when they stopped doing street races. And I was really <laughs> sad the first time I watched this when they were, like, about to race for that, like, speedy car. But then they just cut to afterwards when they actually get yeah. it. Right. But then they brought me back in when they had the police car race. <laughs> yeah. I like that cut too. I I thought it was cool. I I know what you mean. Like, you are getting all hyped to watch a race, but for me, I'm like, I know that Vin's gonna win, so there's something satisfying to just the cut of like, yeah, he won, he got it. That's it's true. like at this point with this many movies, you know that <laughs> they're like really good at racing. <laughs> but racing between each other, like I I do agree that that's very compelling. Mm-hmm. Once yeah. again. And it's like, oh, they're going back to their roots. I don't, I don't think Vin has lost a single race in the movies, other than the one in this movie where he purposely loses. I think he's won every single one, if I remember correctly. Although we don't know who won the drift race in, at the end of Tokyo Drift, so that's up in the air. All right. I'm like, but, does what? Vin even know how to drift? Exactly. <laughs> I think I heard that that was a contractual thing, isn't it? That he can't lose a race in one of these movies. That's what, that's what the fight. So yeah, he can't every, lose fights. Oh, it's a fight. In every oh, fight, fight scene, so like each punch given, they get one in return. So like if Statham 
and uh, The Rock are in a fight, if Statham punches him 20 times, then he has to get punched back 20 times. It has to be like an equal uh. thing in their contracts. <laughs> it's so funny. Is Vin, does Vin have that contract too? Or I feel like I I'm heard sure. that he does, because I remember when that article came out, the example, one of the examples they used was the fight in Fast Five between The Rock and Vin. And they used the example of how... Uh, the Rock pushes Vin through a wall, and then Vin pushes The Rock through a wall, like, immediately after. <laughs> I love this contract. I love the buff, bald dude contract. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock supposedly hates Vin. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a whole beef between them. A lot of them don't like, like Vin, apparently. It was but like Vin is so good at singing Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> I have the quote pulled up. It was like, so... Oh, the like, Instagram thing? Dwayne, Dwayne spoke about it, and Dwayne just said, we have a fundamental difference in philosophies on how we approach movie making and collaborating. It took me some time, but I'm grateful for that clarity, whether we work together again or not. And he's not in the next one, so it right, looks he like he just got rid of him. He, was, he did get his own spinoff, that's fair. But that's the, that's the like, post-fight enlightened quote. There's, like, the, the thing that initially sparked it, at least publicly, was this, like, weird Instagram post The Rock made where he's like, all of the female cast members on uh, Fast and Furious are my best friends. I love them. But some of the male cast members uh, really, like, it was this long thing, and at one point he's, he calls whoever he's talking about a candy ass. And everyone was trying to figure out... <laughs> Everyone, at least on my section of Twitter, was trying to figure out who he was talking about. And everyone concluded it was Scott Eastwood. Because Scott Eastwood just seems kind of unlikable. And then it turned out it was Vin. <laughs> I think I was like, yeah, objectively, the worst character in any of the movies is also going to be, like, the most hated actor. But it was before it even came out. And it was just oh. like, I think people just don't like Scott Eastwood. That he has a career and stuff. <laughs> There's also an incident, uh, apparently, on the set of Fury where Scott Eastwood spit on the tank that they were riding on, and Brad Pitt got really mad at him, and they almost got in a fist fight because he felt he was disrespecting this thing that they had worked so long on. And then Brad Pitt said he looked on the script, and it said Scott Eastwood spits on the tank. <laughs> <laughs> well, being such a good actor, if you read scripts. <laughs> what do you think their fundamental filmmaking um, differences? The, the Vin likes to be in movies by good filmmakers, and <laughs> The Rock likes to be in bad movies. You can't say that because The Rock was in Two Fairy. <laughs> this, this is not yeah, true. That's... Does Vin um... have that much of a higher hit rate than The Rock? I guess he does. I, I just feel like I, at least I've seen him try and like work with interesting films. Like he was in Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, which <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like. I really like the movie, but Ang Lee is also one of my favorite filmmakers. But, also but he, was, then... he was in the Iron Giant. He was in the Guardians movies, which I mean, he doesn't do a ton in it's, it's voice work. But I, I just feel like The Rock is doing like the same thing in every movie and always playing right. the same kind of character. Also, Vin like has like directed his own shorts and stuff and like has written outside of this mm -hmm. like i don't know if he's mm -hmm. like i just know of like the one like you said the los bandoleros and then like the one short that he did like early on in his career but he has like pursued his own creative projects he directed a feature i think very early on yeah uh, maybe that's what i was thinking like... it might be a feature 
It was like very unseen. Uh, and it's I don't also really know starring about him, it, but... right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess not to hate on the Rock, but maybe Mark has has some tricks up his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that like. I don't know. I, I just think uh, Vin at least seems interested in trying different things. And I don't know if he's done a ton, but I believe that like he is going to, maybe I'm just staking my claim, but I believe that he is going to like keep trying to do more interesting things and pursue more interesting uh, filmmakers to work with and so on and so forth. I don't think The Rock has any interest in that. I think maybe, mm-hmm. I don't maybe know. also part of it is like, I think, I don't know Vin personally, never talked to him in my life but like from the the anecdotes i've heard of vin he seems very like um like set or like very like determined in his like creative pursuits and how he wants them to be done like he seems like very like not stubborn in that but just like very self-assured in what he wants and he knows how to get it um but like i'm just thinking of like the example where he like refused to be in Tokyo Drift unless he got exclusive rights to Riddick, which is like not a huge <laughs> franchise. And it's like, why do you want exclusive rights to that? But he knew that's what he wanted. It's just something he cared about. Like he's a yeah, he's an artist yeah. who just wants he, to pursue this thing that he, he cared about is it. interested in. So maybe also then following the Rock's track record, maybe Vin just seemed like too hard headed to the rock and the rock was more sort of like trying to find this happy medium between like his personal performance and what the director wanted or something like that i feel like like and i don't want to really guess at how people are like in real life because i'm just guessing from their work and interviews and stuff vin is really weird in like interviews yeah Um, he's very strange (laughs) and i can definitely picture him not being a team player and i think that might be in service of him as an artist trying to do different things like Riddick definitely, like, the Chronicles of Riddick definitely goes for it. It has, like, this whole mythos he created and stuff. But it's a much worse movie than the horror movie that it's a sequel to, which he didn't have anything to do with creatively. Um, That's kind of besides the point. But I feel like The Rock, uh, both of them probably have huge egos. Um, Yeah. And I feel like The Rock... Huh? <laughs> they're both huge dudes with bald heads makes sense that they both have huge egos yeah but i i do think the rock might be better at um dealing with other people like generally i feel like like i feel like he has a reputation of everyone liking him doesn't he yeah that's fair mm-hmm. I, but i or do is still he just think... like so big and scary that people are like yes i like you dwayne <laughs> i do still think on screen uh vin always gives other people more of a chance to like I, I buy Vin in scenes with other people, uh, more than I ever enjoy The Rock in scenes with other people. Where for me, it always feels like The Rock is trying to command everything around him. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. I noticed that when I watched um, Hobbs and Shaw, where I thought that was like the dynamic between them was all really good, but then I also realized like in my head, I'm like Dwayne's really good at playing a dad character, and maybe that's because there's like <laughs> that idea where it's like. Dwayne is like the sort of like noble person that knows what's right always whereas I think Vin almost has like a little bit more vulnerability in those like interpersonal scenes which makes it work better where he's like passing the ball to his conversation partner a little bit more yeah I definitely think he's uh he's a more interesting actor but I think um I could be wrong and uh, you know it's a podcaster if you do research 
But I think the thing on <laughs> on in number eight is he's separated from the rest of the cast because they didn't want to work with him. So they wrote in this whole storyline where he's like evil and he's not like working with them. Yeah, I could I, be I wrong. Be I thought I heard that. I mean, I'm not arguing about how they're like in real life. Like I have absolutely mm-hmm. no. I know I made the joke that you know The Rock wants to be in bad movies and Vin wants to be in good movies. <laughs> but other than that joke I made, <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. Adam what is actually any... a huge Dwayne the Rock Johnson fan. <laughs> Please do not hate him forever, Dwayne. I don't know what either of these people are like in real life. I'm only talking about on screen. Yeah. Where sure. I always feel like I believe Vin as a human being with interacting with other people more than I ever believe or enjoy Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And uh totally. And I and I do think that like whether you like the decision that Vin has made in his career or not, I do think that he at least seems interested in, I don't know, he seems like he has artistic ambitions. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, I honestly don't know if I could say that about The Rock. Like, I don't know if I believe that in any of his movies. Yeah, the only thing I'd argue with that is that I'm not convinced that if you let Vin do whatever he wants, he wouldn't just make more Riddick movies or sequels to The Last Witch Hunter or whatever. <laughs> or, or, or like Triple X, which I think like those movies are kind of weird. I'd love Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, as I've said on this podcast. But uh, I think he wants to make movies about how cool he is. Which The Rock also does, but they're just, like, less interesting. I feel like Vin's, like, look at how cool I am films, or, like, his look at how cool I am, like, drive comes from this sort of, like, childlike place where he's like look at how cool i am as like the most like (laughs) exceptional type of being ever whereas Dwayne's is more of like the american dream kind of thing where he's like Mm -hmm. look at how cool i am as an upstanding citizen (laughs) and i I think there's the big difference is that vin diesel's idea of what cool is has not left 2003 (laughs) and the rock (laughs) the rock knows what makes him look cool now Damn. Well, have I like any how we got into this seen... like. Yeah, sorry, Nara. I was just say, like, have we got into this like philosophical conversation <laughs> about the fundamental differences between Vin and The Rock? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Luca, we're hijacking this conversation about your movie no, that okay. you brought in. <laughs> I know, I'm just thinking about how I get a better idea of who Vin is through stuff like his Facebook lives, but just looking at <laughs> just looking at like the Rock's Instagram, it feels like he's still putting on an act. I feel like Vin oh, on social media, right, right, right. I don't feel like there's an act there, even though I obviously don't know him. Like I feel like he's being honest when he's pulling me out of his pocket. Like I don't think there's a performance <laughs> there. <laughs> I might have said this on the podcast before, but uh one of my great Vin Facebook memories is clicking on one of his videos. Him lip syncing to most of Katy Perry's Dark Horse and dancing in a like darkly lit room, and then and then stopping to say Riddick is number one on iTunes, and then continuing to lip sync the song. And I and I, yeah, I think like even the fact that he is so passionate about this Riddick thing, like that was his like his passion forever. He's like really into D and D and like talks about that. He's so like just like an uncle on Facebook. Um, I don't know. Like, I know both him and Dwayne The Rock Johnson obviously have these very clear star personas. And I see (laughs) definitely the point you made, Nara, that 
Vin's idea of cool is stuck in 2005. Um, but I don't know. I, I believe Vin as like a human being and I see the vulnerability in Vin a bit more and I see what he's interested in as a person. And I think that that extends on screen. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen that that shell cracked with uh, Dwayne the Rock. Damn, we really got. And it's to hard the for me to like. It's hard <laughs> for me to just like really, really be into a performer if I feel like I've I've never seen that sense of human vulnerability. I agree with that. Totally. I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if The Rock has a contract where he can't play characters that's not like the rock character like the mm. person he plays in every movie because i feel like because he was in like southland tales and that that feels like the only movie he was in where he didn't just play the rock and it and because that movie like bombed it feels like since then he just hasn't <laughs> even bothered just to, to like step out of that shell of just being the rock in every movie whereas like vin like he'll take risks and even if they fail he'll keep going with more risks or drain game Dwayne, kind of Pain and Gain's a good movie, kind and he's of. playing, like, an idiot, but it's, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's pretty awful in Pain and Gain, like, as a person. Well, it's just a little, like, I feel, like, more self-aware of that, uh, yeah, totally. that trope. But I think that that's interesting, what you said, Luca, because it does feel like, okay, I took a risk with this weird auteur <laughs> who made Donnie Darko, and I'm doing this weird thing. And you could even say that about Pain and Gain. It's like, oh, I kind, I'm kind of taking a bit of a... And both of those movies mm-hmm. were unsuccessful and uh like kind of critically i don't know about panned but you know a lot of people didn't like them and uh yeah it seems like he has decided not to make those choices anymore and has instead decided to double down on the stuff that like affirms that persona and affirms like what will work which feels like it's more of a business decision than an artistic decision which is fine but it's not that interesting for me personally mm-hmm I'm glad you brought up Southland Tales. I feel like that's the most honest rock performance because he's playing a character who's like has all this political influence and everyone loves him and he doesn't really know what to do with it. He's completely like in over his head. And it's almost like and that movie's about like predicting the future. It's almost like they predicted what the rock would become. <laughs> I, I still need to watch that movie. It's been like number one on my watch list for like months now and I keep on like delaying it, but I have to get around to it now. I love that movie. I only saw it recently, but big fan. Did you have to read the comic book with it? I did not read the comic book. I enjoy how confusing the movie is. All right. Mm -hmm. I Um, haven't seen it. I have not read the comic. I just know there's a comic that goes with it. If we ever do, we'll do Southland Tales. Oh, well, that's next, isn't it? Are we doing? Yeah, so I can do my double header. (laughs) Yeah, we'll beep that out. Oh, right. Okay. Should we um, go back to the movie? Who did we not cover? (laughs) We haven't covered. We talked about Giselle super briefly. We haven't talked about Leo and Santos at all. Right. Um, And we haven't really talked about Elena. Yeah. Elena's very Okay, so let's bust through these... uh... Who do we want to talk well, about first? Well, we, 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 we sort of drifted off when we were talking about Giselle and how she's just sort of mm-hmm. disserviced, as most female characters are yeah. in this franchise, sadly. She's cool. Wish she got cool. to do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we can probably zoom through Leo and Santos. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> I like them a lot. I like them too. They kind of are the equivalent of the Amish 
or like Mormon brothers from the Mormon brothers from uh, Oceans series. Are they Mormon? Yeah, and the yeah they're supposed to be like Mormon, I think, or they like make a joke being like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go get the Mormons from Utah," um, oh <laughs> because they're from Utah, so I don't know if they're actually Mormon or if they it's just like good, made that as a joke. joke. I, um, but joke. it's like they have like the equivalent dynamic where these they're these two dudes who aren't related, I don't think, um, but they just like always bicker with each other. That is the perfect analogy. Those two characters from Ocean's Eleven—they're a hundred percent based on those two characters. <laughs> <laughs> They're always arguing. They're not given a lot of play. They're fun to watch. They're not in any movies after this. They kind of have like a weird ending. They they have a cameo in yeah. in number eight, very briefly. Oh yeah, yeah. Does it it does the die land on green? Is that what happens at the end? So they lose yeah. all of their money. It no, it, green. it like bounces. It like hits green and then bounces up and then it cuts. Yeah, oh, so we don't see what they. So we don't see what happens. And then they mention them again. And they're like, oh, yeah, what happened to them? And then they just mention the casino again. But then you never, like, actually find out. It seems like they didn't lose all their money, though, when they did. Do you want, like... do you want to explain mm-hmm. what that scene is? I think it's, like, amazing. <laughs> okay. So, end of the movie. Spoiler alert. We're jumping through the entire plot. They get all this money. The job goes successfully. How else would it go? It's Fast and Furious. There's going to be a success. They each get, what is it, $11 million? Oh, yeah, and everybody... That. Yeah. They everybody say like does, ten to eleven. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody does different things with their ten to eleven million dollars. Um, and Leon Santos go to a casino, and they're at the roulette table, and one of them's like bets everything on black or something, and then the other one's like, "No, that's so dumb, don't do that." So then the other one bets everything on red, and then the bets close, <laughs> and then the little ball goes around the roulette wheel, and we see it bounce on green, which is means the house gets all the money. And then it like it hits the green square, then it goes up, then it cuts back to their faces, and then <laughs> it like cuts out of that scene, and we never see what happens. I like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it bounced up from green, it probably didn't land on green. One yeah. of them's probably good. Yeah, one of them's probably good. But I now, don't know if I thought, yeah. Sorry, Nara. I was just gonna say, but now it's gonna like that'd be a funny dynamic if like one of them won everything, because like they're friends, they're buddies, they're partners in whatever odd jobs they do. Um, but they're like they have like no obligation to like share the money with the other one. They could just like take all the money and be super rude and like break down this friendship and leave. I do kind of like I wish they were in the future movies, but I do like the idea that they're like the only characters who actually got to ride off into the sunset. Like maybe yeah. they don't need to be part of the car uh superhero team. They just actually it. did retire. Mm-hmm. yeah i think they deserve it well it also seems like in for during the dominican republic job it didn't seem even specifically like they were drivers it just seemed like they were like people who were hanging around who are up like for hire for jobs yeah i don't want to bang on about los bandoleros but in los <laughs> bandoleros they're given a lot more spotlight and they break um leo out of prison um, oh yeah they talk about prison in this one they talk about how he's reading all those books in prison and right it's yeah. like no negativity, man. But it's established <laughs> that they're they're very poor. Um, I don't know if it's ever made clear how they know Dom exactly, but they're part of like a kind of a poor community well, Dom is just of like racers. Living, he's just living down there. Yeah, so they probably just yeah met each other. He just like met them. Um, but it's cool to me. They're the only characters who are explicitly like from poverty. I think it's cool mm-hmm. that they get away with their money. 
except maybe one of them. This is it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, that. I like that idea that they just go off into the sunset because I, I, I was, I was loving all those like epilogue scenes where everyone's just kind of living life now and they're all good. It's undermined a little bit by the fact that there is like five more movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And they're all going to be like pulled back in cuz for me those like <laughs> last 30 minutes of this movie that's just perfect filmmaking. Beauty. Yeah. You can't beat that. <laughs> and they don't for the rest of the series. <laughs> what even yeah, comes close true. to that? When all the cars are falling down from the sky. <laughs> yeah. In the <laughs> but no, uh it's Wait, sorry, Luca. It's when Jason Statham is, puts the headphones on the baby. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> baby. Yeah, that was, that was good. <laughs> There's some cool scenes in 8. It's yeah. Not, it's, not all, it's not a disaster. Um, my, my one argument for that is that I feel like life goes on in that, like, we sometimes do a big thing and we go, oh, we nailed it and we can feel accomplished about it. But our life, like, isn't over after that. Like, things still yeah, happen. true. No. That's true. So they had no idea they were going to get pulled into a fight with some uh, parallel version of evil car thieves with tricked out cars. But sometimes that happens. <laughs> you know what? That's just life. <laughs> Stuff like that just that happens. happens to all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. I also think, yeah. I, I don't know. Such a freaking smile on my face when the rock is going to open up the vault and then he yeah. opens it up. Yeah. It's empty. It's and then empty. it flashes back to how they pulled that shit oh, off God. under the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my friend Ryan, apparently while he was watching it, he was like, I, I totally called that. Like he was like telling me, he's like, I called that. And I was like, how? I'm like, I'm pretty sure this movie wasn't like intelligent enough to like give us or like didn't pay enough attention to like give us the clues. But then I was watching this time and they do like show the like garbage truck in the background in quite a few shots. She gives them oh. a 10 second window. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, wow, they actually did pay attention to details. I forgot <laughs> it was coming somehow. Really? <laughs> I was like, does this end without the rest of the team doing anything? <laughs> well, because that's the, yeah, that's what's so great about it, too, because you kind of are like, oh, wait, well, what about them? And when the 10 second window thing happens, uh, where they like pretend, Han pretends to be the cop. Yeah. Uh, just Ty- Tyrese also pretends to be the cop, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I guess they kind of did something. But I mean, the cops catch back up, so it's not like they really did that much. Mm-hmm. But then for it to be revealed that, like, the rest of the team all played a role in the exchange of one vault to the other vault, and the 10-second thing was actually so crucial, oh, that friggin' blew my mind. <laughs> Great. I also, one thing I, not to not to nitpick on this film, but it's one of those things where it's like you watch these, like, action films where you're just supposed to like tune out everything in the real world there's like no real world rules apply but then you rewatch them and then you just like pay attention to like physics when (laughs) there's a part where like the cops on the motorbikes are like chasing after while brian's going backwards like pushing the vault with his car and then dom's like pulling it i'm like those cars are not going fast enough dragging this heavy vault for these motorbikes not to catch up to them and then two, mm. if 
Brian suddenly stops. What happens to Dom's car, which is just, like, pulling? Because they did not have communication in that right. moment. Um, but, you know what? Overall, a great ending sequence to this film. Mm-hmm. A great, like, chase heist. Um, I also like how I kind of was, like, expecting them to get the money out of the vault in an intelligent way. And they're like, nah, we're going to smash it through the wall. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few things that don't make a ton of sense. It, it, One thing that tripped me up this time, which I don't care about at all, but it's like, The Rock's like, you have 24 hours to escape, and then I'll start chasing you, but you have to keep the money here. And they're like, sure. And then they rip him off of the money, which I feel like would negate their deal. And then I guess they drive back into Rio <laughs> and meet up with the rest of the team and slowly open the vault and celebrate. Yes, he like he knows where their headquarters is, you know. Yeah, but the Rock no. respects that they pulled it off. That they, and he's still giving them twenty four the hours. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, like so oh, yeah, enamored at their intelligence. Right. Yeah. The Rock also like hates the that guy. Yeah, he murdered he, him. He kills him. <laughs> he just kills yeah. him right away. <laughs> so I don't think the Rock was ever in this for like. Right. Oh, I really got to make sure this money is safe. He's just like mm-hmm. likes the thrill of trying to catch them. You're right. That one doesn't even make sense as a nitpick. But I'm also like, if I was The Rock, and my entire team just got killed by this guy Reyes, who I hate, but then it this killing was kind of incited by Dom and Brian, I think I'd be a little bit mad at Dom and Brian. Or I'd be a little bit more emotional besides just like, wow, they really pulled that one over on me. <laughs> right. They were trying to kill Dom and Brian when they killed this team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of his team, should we talk Elena? She is a woman cop who cannot be bought. Elena's <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest thing to me because she's established kind of as a half-hearted love interest, even though at the end credits of this movie, they're already trying to bring back Letty. Yeah. And then at the beginning yeah. of the next movie, he just leaves to be with Letty right away. Yeah. And then they use her in an even grosser way in number eight. Yeah, in eight, it's pretty gross. Also, uh. in, in eight, spoiler, Elena gets deaded. But I'm like, why isn't The Rock mad about this? Because Elena was fully like his like partner. Right. And he like goes back to work for the government. For years. Yeah. He just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> he just doesn't care, which is upsetting. Damn. She's married to Chris Hemsworth. In real life. Really? Really? Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. Good job, Elena. Good job, Chris. Did you kind of dirty in this movie, but you know what? Yeah, I learned that in an an article about how badly her character is treated. Sorry. Yeah. I kind of liked in 6, though, that she was so understanding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, I mean. No, she's like, as a person, she's a good person. They just like. Yeah. If my husband came back from the dead and was evil and had memory loss, I I would go and fight him too. Yeah. (laughs) I do, yeah. I do like that they do do that. Like, they set it up well. I think, like, yes, they do. do. (laughs) I think this movie also does that thing well that carries on for the rest of the films where they are, like, 
setting up new characters to just bring back in the next film. Like, it keeps, this film is just, like, more and more inside references. Yeah. But, like, in a fun, it seems like it's, like, kind of in, like, a fun way where it's, like, you don't necessarily need to, like, know the inside reference, but it makes it better. It only bothers me in 8 when it's, like, they reveal how they pulled everything off and it's, like, oh, the villain from 6 is back and the two guys and yeah and jason yeah. statham's mom it's like okay sure yeah but i i yeah. do like yeah i guess this i don't know i get that this is part of the fast and furious franchise but it does seem like this movie is setting up its own franchise it's like it's like a soft reboot i would say like yeah it's really uh based in everything that came before it but it felt so new and it really changed the mm. direction of the franchise and I think you get more out of it if you have seen the first four. Because um, it does make it so fun when everyone comes together. But the movie could totally stand on its own and kind of act as the... Yeah, as the beginnings of the franchise. Um, Who do we want on our team? On our whack pack? I want Han. Yeah, I, I want Han. He's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it just has to be Han. (laughs) Easiest discussion, shortest debate. (laughs) Han seems pretty versatile too. Like I know he doesn't really get to do that much in this movie. But is he dead? Are we taking? Is he alive? Uh, he's. We're taking him from this one, right? So he'd be alive at this point. Okay. But he can come back from the dead if killed. (laughs) That's pretty useful to have on a team. That is, yeah, a very useful skill. Wait, on our team so far is is La Fisher from Tag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A high school marching, marching band. band. Mm-hmm. From Dave Chappelle's Block Party. Um, uh, James Coburn, the nice thriller in Magnus and Seven. Okay. Sleepy. And then and then was it the vegan slut? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Tucker must die. <laughs> Sophia Bush, who last week when we were, released the episode, it was her birthday. So happy belated happy birthday. birthday <laughs> Sophia yeah. Happy belated birthday. Looking back on one of your finest roles. Just, just so you know, Luca, that, that's who mm-hmm. else is on this team. That What else she been in? She's in The Incredibles too. I think. Oh. I could who? be wrong. Yeah. Wait, Screen I think slider? I am wrong. No, I think she, I thought she was the. Uh... Wait, in One Tree Hill. Am I right or wrong? That screen slaver scene in uh, Incredibles Two scared me so much. Yeah, you it's said scary. it was the scariest scary. scene of all. Yeah, time. it was so scary. Yeah, it was he... the scariest scene. <laughs> when they when he Incredibles actually like too. goes into the apartment and then it's just like all the screens and it's like. Blah, blah, blah. It's so scary. How did that? That didn't scare all of you. Not no, really. it was scary. Oh wow! Look at you! Don't get scared by screen slaver. <laughs> oh no, she is in Incredibles too. That's what I thought. Yeah. She's like, she's like that superhero who's like a fangirl of uh, Elastigirl. Oh hell yeah! She, she can open like portals oh, yeah. and stuff. Oh, I loved her. Yeah, she's cool. That was a triumph. That performance was a triumph. That's a that's a portal <laughs> reference. Oh. Yeah. This was a triumph. Just... Oh, because when you said portal, I was like, what are you talking about? But now I get it. Because <laughs> she's kind of like makes the portals from Portal. And that song <laughs> that I was singing was still alive from Portal. Nice. Hopefully they... No, they're not going to make a third one. This is... There's no hope. 
I would what say. They, what do they make a third one that's like a re- like they do a soft reboot, kind of like how Fast Five was a soft reboot for the <laughs> and they, they reunite all the old portals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, and like Han is there. Han, like that's how Han survived. He like went through a portal. <laughs> that means portals in the same universe as Fast and Furious. Why wouldn't it be? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Han comes be, through like, a portal. Isn't like, isn't like Adam? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't like the Earth like fucked in Portal? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe that's what happens in F9 <laughs> when they allegedly yeah, go you're to probably space. Right. I actually, I don't play very many video games, but I did play Portal because uh, it's like 40 minutes long, but I don't yeah. remember. Uh, I don't remember what the year. But you're probably right. Luca, don't they allegedly go to space in F9? Okay, yeah. So this yeah, is like apparently. recent news because I think like someone was injuring Ludacris and, if it, and like I think space was brought up and ludicrous he didn't say no but he didn't say yes either he said anything could happen so people are taking that as and honestly like i'll believe it if they're bringing back han then they can go to space see maybe it is in the portal universe then maybe that's maybe f9 is where earth gets messed up and then portal they go to space (laughs) this is what i this is this is what i want out of the franchise and you guys can tell me what you want after I would love to hear that. Mm-hmm. I think each movie is getting bigger and bigger, and it's a balloon that's about to pop if they do something like go to space or whatever. <laughs> I think they need to like bell curve this whole thing, bring it all the way back to basics, do something that's like fairly grounded, maybe even just like a street racing thing again. Just like make a it a nice Drift human story. Kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I know you still need to have some cool set pieces. But I, I, I don't think bigger is better at this point. Eight was too big. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking yeah. that watching five, I was like, they should do another like heist or something like even mm-hmm. smaller than that. Because it's cool in this movie that they establish the stakes and the villain is like, this is the biggest guy in Rio, Brazil specifically. Now it's yeah. like we're not saving the world from a uh, supervillain or whatever. Like this mm-hmm. guy is a gangster mm-hmm. who runs... This one city. Yeah. But the the villain's like forgettable in this movie. That's the that's yeah. like the one main yeah. flaw I can think of True. for this one. Is that the villain's like really forgettable. Like I've already forgotten what he looks like. I feel like He's most of the villains are bad in this series, except maybe Owen Shaw. I like Owen Shaw. At least they're like memorable. Like well, I remember who's... I remember Rat Rat Pot guy from <laughs> Too fast, too Cole Hauser, <laughs> yeah. Hauser, who every movie I see him in, he just plays a psychopath. <laughs> the rat and pot like, is re- memorable, but I remember Drift King from Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they they most of the time have memorable villains, right? But this well, one not not really. Does does one have a villain in it? It's kind of or- nominally uh, Rick Yoon. Uh. I think his name's mm. Johnny Tran. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. That's what I want them to do. I wanted them to in was it seven? Seven was the one where The Rock flexes his cast off and they're back in L.A. Right? <laughs> yep. No, that's six. I <laughs> wanted them. No, that's. I think that's seven. the end of seven. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's the end of seven yeah. because then after that, because that's the one where there was like the weird CGI on Paul Walker. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I wanted them in that movie. I wanted them to call back to the first one and bring back the like Chinese syndicate. Like I wanted mm. them to like call in the ranks at some point to help them out. But right. they didn't. <laughs> that would have been better than whatever happened in that end fight scene. 
He flexed off his cast and then got I, a big gun. Outside of the cast scene, I like zoned out in that final fight scene in that movie. <laughs> that that like, sequence completely. is so long and so like dark and muddy and like uninteresting. Exactly. I can't see what's happening. There are just like drones everywhere. Like I think that's I just... what I want from the from the series going forward. I want them to call back to like the first one. Like to the early mm-hmm. ones. There is one dude who has never shown up again, that guy Leon, who's like their computer yeah, expert. Leon <laughs> the I only member has never come back. I want Leon to come yeah. back. The other guy's dead, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was like, what happened to Leon? Like they don't even mention him again. He had like yeah. zero I... personality beyond being the guy with like the hook or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. barely remember Leon. <laughs> but I was gonna, I was gonna say like it. W- I also thought the first time I watched Five that when Vince and Dom got back together that they were gonna be like, oh how like have like have you heard from Leon or something like just even in passing like how they sort of talked about Leon Santos in the future ones. I thought he was gonna mention Jesse because he's like, look at what's oh, yeah. happened to our family mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, but then Mia's pregnant, and then he and then he mentions Letty, which makes sense. But he's like, mm-hmm. they also killed Jesse by being street racers. Yeah, I don't know, man. Fast like, watch them. No, continue. No, I was just oh. gonna say I'm gonna watch it. I might be disappointed, yeah. but I will keep watching the movies as oh, long as they make. Oh, no, absolutely. I'll, I'll be there day one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll be there day one to there. complain. <laughs> <laughs> Like, watch him just bring back Leon as the villain for the tenth one, <laughs> as a way to like make it all go full circle. Because the next one they have John Cena, so the next one they're still going like for the big scale stuff. Yeah, I think for ten they should go back. They should like tie it all full circle and go back to like the basics, like the first movie. The the it... lineup. Sorry, no. I was gonna say, what if the tenth one goes back to basics, back to L.A. They're back, and it's like they're fighting. They're going back to their old enemies. They're fighting like the Chinese syndicate again. You really but want then... the Chinese syndicate? To come back? <laughs> I love them. They're so cool. They dress so cool. Have you seen how they dress? They have the like motorcycles. Oh, they're so cool. The first one also just looks like everybody looks so cool. They had the car with like the neon green lights underneath. Oh, it just looks so. The yeah, NOS, NOS like sequences. Yeah. <laughs> like I want them to. I want Devin Aoki to come back. She was oh, sick. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, I'm like, when Tej was talking about making the weird allegory between the safe and a woman, I was like, are you talking about Devin Aoki? <laughs> 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 but anyway, but no, I think they should like come back full circle. They're back in LA, and then but then like Leon is somehow like you said the like mastermind <laughs> behind everything, and he's like. You guys left me out. You're out here, like, traipsing around the world, making so much money. My, like, friend died. You never even talked about that again. We didn't have a proper funeral sequence for that in any of the movies. This is what the people want. The progression <laughs> of the movies of the villains should be Charlize Theron, superpowered Idris Elba, John Cena in space, and then Leon. That's what they want. <laughs> Everyone wants Leon to come back. <laughs> I do kind of like the precedent that it's like they're just adding some big action star every single movie. Yeah. <laughs> Leon. Like, I mean, it's bloating the whole thing in the way that I don't, you know, in the way that I've said I don't like. But I, I like the idea that it's like this is our premier action franchise. So who's the person we're just going to throw in there? John Cena matches the tone, like, yeah, I think. 
Any wrestler well, would work in these. It's because they don't have The Rock anymore, so they got to bring him in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They always <laughs> should, need a wrestler. Should we wrap up? Should we do our scores? Why not? Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, to remind uh, you, Luca, and mm-hmm. the audience... We rate movies <laughs> on a scale of one to five, but it's not in terms of how much we enjoy it. It's how whack we think it is. And like I said, off the top, whack can mean anything. <laughs> so it's all pretty arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Sebastian, would you like to start? Sure. Um, I'm going to give this a two and a half. I think it's a kind of conventionally, very competently made movie. Um, but it has that Fast and Furious flavor of some really strange dialogue and angles on <laughs> violence and uh, other countries. So I'm going to give it a two and a half. All right. Adam? Um, I, love, I, I love this movie. It's my favorite Fast and Furious movie, like I said. Uh I think that this is where the franchise, uh, yeah, turned into um, what we uh, what we know it as today. <laughs> Beautiful, uh, <laughs> which is something that's pretty uh, cool and kind of whack in a great way. Who else is doing big car stunts like this right now? Mad Max. Yeah, yeah that's true. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really good point. Okay, that knocks down my wax. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give it a three in that case. <laughs> wow. I can't believe my answer changed you that much. All right, I'll go. Well, Mad um, Max would be a solid five for me and also a five out of five perfect movie. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. But that was I'm just also- one movie, you know. Just... Yeah. No, I don't think there's a lot of movies that are like this, but I, I, I actually do think that within like the oeuvre of Fast and Furious, even, um, Seb, Sebi, you were mentioning that this is kind of like the midpoint, uh, mm-hmm. between the like pretty grounded stuff and the like way over the top, like you know, kind of going arguably going a bit too far, and so for that reason, it's hard to say that this one is really like the whack yeah, one totally. in the franchise, um, within the grand scheme of Fast and Furious. I think that like. The franchise as a whole is pretty whack in a fun way, but I'm kind of rating this compared to the other Fast and Furiouses. It's so like I'm the most conventionally good movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, I agree with everything that Adam just said, so I I also wanted to give it a, a three for all those reasons. Um, <laughs> definitely not the wackest one in the franchise. Still kind of whack and a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That was like your Ebert and Roper sign off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, stop my recording right now. <laughs> Can't go do any better than that. Um, I'll give it a, a strong three. Uh, it's not the wackest thing ever, but it does go from Vinny one-liners to The Rock seeing his friends horrifically gunned down <laughs> in front of him <laughs> as like the audio gets muted, so it's really dramatic. So yeah. I think a strong free suits it well. Well, 
All right. Three threes and a 2.5. The final score for Fast Five is 2.875. Five. There's a five at the end of it. Yeah. We did it. 2.875. Is that higher than John Tucker? I did not write down the score of John Tucker when I listened to it. I'm sorry. It's higher than the Magnificent Seven and Tag. I think John Tucker might have been at a three, though. Yeah, I think it was a three. So, not the wackest, but maybe, maybe next week we'll overtake it. Oh, I just wanted to say something about uh, listening to John Tucker episode uh, for a second real quick. Uh, I don't know if you all heard it, but I was right about uh, the guy did say, holy Joe mama. (laughs) I did hear that. I did hear that clip. You splice it in? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice touch. Nice touch. I got to catch up. I think maybe in this episode you have to splice in a little clip of Vinny talking about his family because that's really... This is also a theory that I told Luke about before, but I think Fast and Furious, you know, they're like conventional action films that bring out a lot of like people, like just general people will go see these movies. They don't have to love films. They don't have to like really have any stakes in the story. They don't have to be like, oh, I want to watch. Like, it's just a pretty like all around, like you're going to go with your buddies to see a film. It's like new Fast and Furious movie. Why not? And they're all Mm -hmm. about family and they're all about loving and appreciate your family and the people around you. I think maybe this is Vin and the, the creators of these films talking to the everyday dude, like middle of the line dude, being like, you know what? Appreciate your friends. You can be a big action star, big action man. Get rid of that toxic masculinity. You can be in a cool explosion, but at the end of the day, you can still love your friends. <laughs> you can still love your family. You know what? That's what I think is at the heart of these films. They're undoing toxic Agreed. masculinity, <laughs> but still have kind of questionable stances on how they perceive women. I, I will say that's that's a very eloquent thing. I will say also that um, when I went to Furious 7, that's like the most diverse audience I think I've ever been in any film. Damn. Like, like mm. it was noticeably like very diverse and everyone was very into the movie. Like there was a part where it seemed like Letty wasn't going to go on the mission and then she shows up on the mission and like people like cheered. It was It was a lot of fun. Everyone laughed when they showed the part of Dom and Letty getting married while he was in a tank top. It was great. <laughs> See, this is, what, this is what happens when you make a great franchise. People will listen to your message, and as the movies goes on, they will be great people, and you'll have a great, diverse audience full of people that love each other. <laughs> Fast and Furious proved it. There you yeah. Go. Damn. All right. Uh, we got any shout-outs this week? Uh, I don't. Nope. My dad listened to the Magnificent Seven episode and got oh. mad that I was oh. trash talking him and his <laughs> and that he left. And apparently he told me that he had seen it before. He just didn't tell me that, but he was looking it up because he didn't remember the ending. <laughs> but he didn't say anything to defend himself against his loud clinking spoon, which I think was still distracting. <laughs> but shout out to my dad for listening to that one. Can the record um, show that it. I restrained yeah. myself from making a sunken place joke when you told that story? And oh. I still have not. So that's good. Beautiful. Oh, the clinking spoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, shout out to Luca for being on this episode. Um, Thank you, Luca. Yeah. Luca, you also have a podcast. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, it's fr- it's fresh. It just just started like last week. Um, just we've already recorded like three episodes. So we're we're just waiting to release the other two, and we have a bunch planned for the future. Uh, it's just me and my friends, Calm and Emmanuel. Uh, we just talk about free films each week. Sometimes there's a theme. Sometimes there's not. <laughs> It's really chaotic. Uh, this is called yeah. the Wormtopia podcast. The name is crazy. Uh, it's a long story, <laughs> but yeah, tune in if you want. It's on Spotify. We're working to get it on Apple as possible. And next episode is a Ghib- is a Studio Ghibli one. Oh, I'm, so, yeah. I'm excited oh, yeah. to listen to that. Cute. And Hi. as the movie says, what happens at the end of the movie? Oh wait, hold on. Before they say that. Oh, I always forget to do this. Uh, thank you to uh, Emma Kudlack for the art. Ian Mills for the music. Go to at Insomniac Fest on Instagram. Uh, Insomniac underscore fest on Twitter. Insomniacfestival.com. Uh, we got some cool things going on with Insomniac Festival. So um, you'll see updates about that. And uh, come back next week. We're going to talk about... Nara? Bill and Ted's Excellent oh, Adventure. Yeah, we're talking about Bill and Ted. <laughs> Excellent adventure. Not the newest yes. one. Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is not out yet, but <laughs> the first one. The first one. Where they do assemble a team. I'm gonna steal a Nara bit. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not wearing uh. <laughs> Yeah. I I have a special outfit planned for the next episode. Oh wow. Hell yeah. So Alright. How how does the movie end, Adam? I don't know, I was asking. I forget. Oh, it oh. ends with that song that you sang at the beginning of the episode. Wait, Adam. Oh, yes. Yeah. Adam, we have to race one more time. <laughs> I have to know that you didn't let me win. <laughs> it ends the exact same way. This is stupid. But it ends the exact same way as Rocky 3, doesn't it? <laughs> I am what? Not oh, yeah. Rocky with him and Apollo? Rock- in Rocky 3, Rocky and Apollo were like you know, initially rivals, but become friends, have one more fight that cuts off before we see what happens. It's exactly the same ending. And I also love that they, that that becomes a big part of uh, Creed. Well, not a big part, but Creed is like... It's a reference to Creed. Adonis is like, uh, you know, whatever happened in that third fight. That one behind closed doors. We have successfully brought it back to Creed. Is there some alarm that can... (laughs) That's exactly how... um... Fast Five ends, actually. They just start talking about Creed. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> hey, are you guys uh, ever going to go to Tokyo? Maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll drift in the streets. That's how we roll! <laughs> <laughs>